Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again, Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's another awesome fall Sunday, and it's officially the start of playoff season, so couldn't couldn't be happier. That's what that feeling is in the air. It's, oh. it's playoff time. Yeah, you smell it. It smells like <laughs> a whole bunch of success. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, I'd... <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll let you know uh, that you can always uh, send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at NHHS Sports. And the Field Hockey Show will be posted every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com. Although, uh, as we're getting close to the end of the year here, I, I couldn't remember if we, we mentioned this last week. I know you and I talked about it, but... Uh, we're coming down to the end, and we're going to have to to maybe, or not maybe, we're going to have to change the schedule a little bit for that last week. Um, you know, with uh, with the championship games being on a Sunday, and we typically, you know, we've been recording these on Sundays. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know how much energy I'm going to have left after watching three championship games to to then go and record a podcast about what I just watched. No, uh, I need some decompressed time exactly. and process. Yeah. So, uh, so what we're gonna do that last week is we're gonna record it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a, about two days to to let everything simmer and and collect our thoughts, and then record it Tuesday night. So it will be up Wednesday, November second. Uh, so next week will still be the same. It'll be Monday morning. We'll we'll uh, recap uh, the first two rounds of the playoffs. Look ahead to the semifinals. Um, and then the following week will be that uh, we'll, we'll end the season there, or, or we'll talk about the championship games there, uh, and that'll be up on Wednesday. So uh, I think I think that'll be beneficial for everyone, including uh, including you and me. Uh, <laughs> I guess, and uh, that's that's what really matters. Right, right. <laughs> no one's no one's gonna want to uh, listen to some some uh, rambling just about uh, you know about those games. So we'll we'll have some nice. Uh, We'll have our thoughts gathered by then, and, and we'll be ready to go. Um, so crazy to think that we're we're already at that point too. I, I feel like I might have said that before, but I know two two weeks from today we'll be we'll be crowning some some champions, which is wild because just two months ago was when we started this I know. whole thing. It, this for whatever reason, the fall season uh, feels like it goes so much faster than the others. Yeah, it flies. <laughs> um all right well so as you said we were we are into the postseason um the brackets will be out uh sometime on monday uh what we're gonna do today is um i i don't know if you know this or not but i've become an expert at tie break nhia tiebreakers over the years uh if you if you ever need to figure out how to break a tie i, I think i can i i've mastered that a little bit i, I get one wrong every once in a while but uh more often than not, I, I feel like I've been right on with these. So, uh, you know, if you're following the site for the last week, you've seen me posting the, the playoff picture uh, every day, uh, posted the final one on Sunday. And what we're going to do today is is go over that and kind of uh, go over the matchups that we expect to see when the brackets are released on Monday. So um, if you're listening to this after, I don't know, like 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday, uh, just, you know, uh, maybe maybe pull up the brackets and and post them, hold them side by side and and see how we did, um, see if we got them right. I, I think that's fair, right? Oh, absolutely. And I I mean, 
if if this season has if, if past seasons haven't made you an expert in tie breaking procedures, then <laughs> this one certainly did. I cannot remember a, a year with as many ties in in some of these divisions as we've had. And and you mean do you mean tie like in standings? I mean tie, I think ties in general, like just yeah games that ended in ties. Absolutely, I, I, I'm both, and then it led to a lot of the times ties right. and standings, especially, well, I mean, especially D2. I think D2 had the most of all three, but it was, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, D2 it was, had a couple. Yeah. Wild. Probably easier to list the teams that didn't have a tie in D2. Right. Um, <laughs> actually, yes. I think it's six teams. Uh, Portsmouth, Dairyfield, Merrimack Valley, Laconia, Plymouth, and Conval uh, finished the year without a tie. Yeah. Everyone else did. Oh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's start with uh, with Division One, um, and uh, you know, I I think we were talking about craziness in Division Two over the last ten days or so, and and I think a, a little bit a little, little bit of that seeped into Division One in that last couple of days, you know, because it looked like things were going in a certain direction, and then results started coming in. I think on Thursday, and you see that 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 Winniconnet and Keene uh, played to a four four tie uh, Thursday. Which just, um, you know, con- congrats to, to Keen for finishing. On, I mean, a win probably are certainly, you know, gets you more excited. But, um, you know, taking the team that's that's the number one seed uh, to a tie is is got to be a confidence booster as well. And to see that you scored, I mean, uh, Winnicott hadn't given up more than two goals in a game all year. And then they give up four in that finale. Yeah. And they ended the two weeks before that there, you know, four games were shutouts. Um, so all of a sudden to, to roll into Keene and give up four is, was I'm sure startling for, for coach hand and the warriors, but you know, full credit to Keene. They were, they were out to get a job done and they, they really almost did. Um, so that definitely helps give them uh, a bit of the boost as well. I think those were much needed points for them to finish as high as possible. Um, and now they look on, look at, you know, it's looking like they'll they'll host Londonderry in that first round, which right. is a team they didn't see too long ago either. Um, so, you know, both fresh. It's not like it's, a, you know, your first game of the season and you haven't seen them for a month and a half. But um, so I, I would imagine that one's going to be that one's going to be an exciting matchup. Actually, a team that they beat too, um, three to yeah. nothing uh, in Londonderry. Yeah, I mean that I, the tie didn't do anything for Winnicott. Um, they still uh you know projecting them to be the number one seed um despite finishing tied with Exeter they they had the head the had the head to head tiebreaker uh but for Keene yeah they it was looking like uh you know if they lose that game they're in a three-way tie with Londonderry and Pinkerton uh Pinkerton would have won the tiebreaker in that and hosted that 8 8 9 game with Keene coming to Pinkerton uh instead Keene hosts that game and and like you said Londonderry going there which um you know, if if we're right on this, that then Pinkerton is going to go to Bishop Girton uh, and play in the seven ten game uh, in the first round on uh, on Thursday, and then you've got Concord and Timberlane playing uh, in the six eleven game, which they just played last Thursday, uh, right? With uh, with Concord winning that one one nothing. Uh, yeah, so um, that one's going to be a game to watch for sure. The I think the winner of the the winner of six eleven will have to face Wyndham in the quarterfinals. 
that's, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then seven ten goes to play uh, the two seed, which is which looks like Exeter. Uh, and then the eight nine winner goes to play the one seed in Winnicott. And then that other quarterfinal game, you've got uh, it'll be Bedford at Dover uh, in the you know four, uh, five versus four. They both get a buy into the quarterfinals, and uh, that's an interesting one too. I remember, you know, they they played uh, late in the regular season last year, and then again in the playoffs in the quarterfinals, both games at Bedford. This year they're doing the opposite. Um, right. They played at Dover, which Dover won, which is why they get the four seed. And then now they go play again at Dover in the quarterfinals. Yeah. And that was a highly contested one right. goal game yeah. as well. Um, you know, not as late in the season. It was, you know, late September um, that that game happened. But uh, yeah, kind of an interesting flip and a, a, a mirror image of, of last year. Yeah. And uh, and Dover coming off a big win to end the season, uh, beating Wyndham three to two, which um, I believe dropped Wyndham. I didn't go all the way past the the, the third tiebreaker to figure out uh, what would have happened if Wyndham and Exeter had tied. But I think Wyndham would have had a shot at that two seed. Instead, uh, they dropped that game, fall down into the three seed. Uh, you know, to again host a quarterfinal game on uh, on Sunday next Sunday. Um, but that would have been an interesting one if, if Wyndham and Exeter had both finished 14-1-1 uh, one and one because uh, they both they tied each other, so there's no head-to-head tiebreaker. Right. Um, they both have the same exact results um, with the only loss being to Winnicott and then wins over everyone else in the division. So that takes you past, like, the first couple of tiebreakers, I think, to, like, you know, rating against divisional opponents on the road, which... I can't imagine as a tiebreaker that gets used all that often. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, of of those uh, those games that we were just, you know, the potential games we're talking about there, um, you know, in that that opening round, um, which is maybe the one like if you were going to go watch one of these games, uh, what do you think you'd go you'd go to? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, the one I think that kind of immediately jumps out for me is Pinkerton BG. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is going to be, I think that's going to be a really great game. Both, you know, teams accustomed to playing on the turf, going to turf, team, you know, uh, playing at, at Stelos, um, two teams with some speed up front. Um, the ability to score goals when they need to. And it was a, a one goal game when they played uh, in the regular season, BG coming out on top to one. Um, but I, that, I think that's the one, if I, if I could only go to one, that, that would be the one I'd want to, I'd want to go check out. Okay, um, but that said, Timberlane Concord is a, is a repeat of the last right. game of the regular season. So um, it's going to be a, a, another homecoming-ish, I guess, for Concord. They literally just hosted Timberlane um, on Thursday and uh, took the win, one nothing. So, you know, I'll be curious to see what Timberlane learned from that and what Concord learned from that and then what they implement moving forward. So, um, you know, a couple of, of really exciting matchups. Yeah, I was at uh, the Concord-Londonderry game last week, which was kind of a... a a strange game in a sense because you know the the first half was kind of back and forth and then Concord just kind of took over in the second half and just could not score um 
Londonderry goalie uh, Catherine Martin played uh, a big role in that. I mean, she had a number of saves in the second half, but I want to I want to say Concord had something like nine corners in the second second half and and couldn't get through. So they go to overtime, and uh, Londonderry gets a corner to start overtime, doesn't score on it, and Concord gets a breakaway going the other way, and just. It, it was no contest. It ended up with a goal um, and won, uh, won nothing in overtime. Um, you know, so they've got to that. You know, they got to be. And then you follow that up the next day with a, a one nothing win on your your senior night or senior day or whatever whatever um, it was. Um, I mean, it's got to be feeling some pretty good momentum going into the playoffs. And I'm sure they're they're kind of the kids that are returning are kind of anxious because they got uh, upset in that first round last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Londonderry too, uh, looking at kind of how their season's gone for them, if their defense, you know, particularly in goal is having an on day they're, you know, they could, they could just as easily, I think, take that, take that game from Concord. You look, they held yeah. Exeter to one goal. They held Keen to one or sorry, uh, Concord to one. Um, but then, you know, they had some other games where they gave up a ton of goals. They gave up five to BG eight to both Winnicott and Bedford early on in the season. Um, so I think Londonderry has the ability to take that one. I think it really all is going to come down to defense and then how quickly they can counter, um, you know, after getting a timely save, you know, from net or a good stop defensively. Right. And that was, yeah, that was the thing was, was they were getting the stops in that game and they just couldn't get the, get out of their own end. Um, you know what? So I, I think, uh, yeah, your, your answer was, uh, was on par with mine. I will, uh. I'm planning on hitting up that Pinkerton uh, Bishop Girton first round game on Thursday. Um, I, I mean, mainly because Stellos is like ten minutes from my house, so yeah, that's pretty convenient. <laughs> that's a little bit, you know, <laughs> that makes it a little bit easier to 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 pick that one uh, to yeah, go to. Yeah, and it's helpful, and I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, that that works that works out well too. Um, and you know, Pinkerton, another team that um, you know, may, they didn't win um, their finale against Exeter. That you know. Exeter won that one two nothing, but it was a one nothing game most of the way, um, you know. And and uh, Pinkerton goalie uh, Elise LeBlanc had a huge game in that one. I think she had uh, something like nineteen saves uh, for the Astros. Um, so I mean, I, you know, despite the loss, I got to think that they maybe they are building some momentum going into the playoffs. Uh, a couple of wins to finish out the year. They had a a close one with with Concord um, on the seventh. You mentioned the one against Bishop Girton. Um, they had a one nothing loss to Dover, it, you know, in, in which, um, you know, that was another one where, where Dover scored kind of a, uh, a fluky goal and, and, you know, Pinkerton just wasn't able to, to get enough going to counter it. Um, you know, so I, I, I yeah, I think that's going to be probably the most, uh, interesting game of the first round. Yeah, I, I think so. And Pinkerton over the last three weeks, you know, has traded wins and losses every other um so they're due for one yeah yeah that's got to be frustrating uh especially with with so many of them being one goal games too yeah yeah just so now's now's the time maybe that they can put a run together uh so we'll uh run down those again uh real quick um or excuse me first round games on thursday uh we're looking potentially at uh timberlane at concord pinkerton at bishop girton and then londonderry at keene Winners of those games move on to the quarterfinals, which are Sunday, I believe, what, 2 o'clock at, uh, at the higher seed? Um, yes. 
Winniconnet, Exeter, Wyndham, and Dover uh, will uh, be hosting those games. And right now, the only matchup we know for sure is uh, is Bedford at Dover. Uh, unofficially, again, uh, we'll, we'll right. know for sure when those brackets come out on Monday. Uh, but that's what we're uh, what our best guess is. At this yeah, point. I mean, it's kind of it's setting up for a great Dover Bedford rematch too. Both teams having you know a week basically to plan for one another. Um, so you know, two really talented teams with time to kind of dissect each other's games and put together a plan ought to make for a, a pretty exciting quarterfinal matchup, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think, uh, is it time to delve into the craziness that was, uh, that that's trying to figure out division two? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no time like the present. <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, first off, I mean, you, you had a situation for the, the number one seed here that was similar to what I was talking about with, uh, with the potential, of that Exeter Wyndham tie where, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's John Stark at 13 and one. It's Sauhegan at 13 and one, uh, the one tie coming against each other. Uh, the only difference is division two with, with more teams and less games, you right. don't play the exact same schedule. So, uh, John Stark ends up getting the tiebreaker on the, um, the rating against tournament teams tiebreaker because they played one extra tournament team. Right. And it was interesting too how many other games leading up to that um, factored into the tie. And right. we, you know, the, my whole team went to the Dairy Fields Kennett game that last game because until the game immediately before that, that was going to be the one that was going to kind of decide that tiebreaker. But then um, we had a little bit of, of craziness throughout the <laughs> division. Maybe not craziness, but like unexpectedness, yes. I suppose, yeah. with some. Yeah. Um, with some other, you know, ties and surprising results that made that not the case. Um, still a good game to go to, though. Yeah, I think, I mean, both of those teams, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, where are they going to finish up? And, and they do both finish up in the top, um, you know, at the standings. But then, you know, it as of, I think, that previous, uh, if you go back two Fridays, um you know, we're we're talking about teams that had you know I think two losses at that point, and then Kennett ends the year with a tie against Milford, and then a loss against Merrimack Valley before that win over Derryfield, and Derryfield right. also lost to to in overtime to Lebanon the, uh, mm-hmm. earlier last week, so those two kind of get flipped on their heads a little bit. Yeah, yeah, those are, are a couple of surprising results, for sure. <laughs> um, Leb, I mean. The, the thing about Leb is, that, you know, what their goalie, Ashley um, Blayshock, I think is her last name. Um, fantastic. Like, I, I wasn't at that game, but having played Leb, I can imagine how many times and how frequently she would have stood on her head to keep her team um, in that. So, um, yeah, just just made things very interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and like we said, put a little bit of a, a twist onto the, the postseason that we didn't really quite know where things were going to go. Um, you know, and, and the other thing to add into that too, is that it's looking like, you know, before those results, um, you know, you had Portsmouth that had kind of dropped a few spots because of their losses to, to Stark and Sauhegan and then to Kennett. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because of what was going on around them, they moved back up. Uh, and and are going to be the three seed now in the tournament. Yeah, I think it was that Kennett tie that that yeah. 
Yeah. That moved Portsmouth back up. Kennett's tie with Milford um, dropped Kennett to the fourth spot over the third spot. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the the effect that everybody has had on them, you know, had on other teams is yeah. is a lot more than than I think it has been in recent memory. Yeah, you don't usually see that in in sports that other than football, I think, because football has the different rating system. Right. Where every game that you played or every opponent you played affects your standing, which is just uh, so much fun to try to figure out where everybody's going to be yeah. leading, leading into the last week. But, um, yeah, that that just seeing that happen this year was was crazy. And, um, yeah, you mentioned Kennett getting that four uh, seed. Uh, yeah, we figure that they're going they're tied with Hollis Brookline at at. at uh, what ten three and one in the standings, but Kennett with a better rating against again tournament teams. Uh, looks like that gives them the the four seed, and bumps Hollis down to five. Then you got another tie following that with Derryfield and Merrimack Valley, both at nine and five. Didn't play each other head to head, or excuse excuse me, they did no, play each other head to head. That's the one the one tie that can be broken with a head to head game. <laughs> yep. Uh, Derryfield won that one, so they get the six seed. Merrimack Valley the seven. And and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here right now. Um, I think Merrimack Valley might be the the team to watch. Um, you know, in this tournament, as as maybe a team that can might pull off an upset or two. Um, you know, they they've won. Uh, where did it, where did it go? I just had it in front of me. Um, I can't count today either. It looks like seven out of their last eight um, wins, and then the one going and there those two losses within there are, are one goal losses. To Oyster River, Hollis Brookline, um, yeah. So I mean, they're a, they're a team that looks like they're headed in the right direction um, going into the playoffs. They finished out the year with wins at Kennett and then uh, against Hanover. Yeah, they've they've come on super strong in in the last th- what, two and a half weeks of the season. Of only the only goals they've given up were the two to Kennett. Um, so right. it looks like Merrimack Valley is clicking at the right time. Um, you know, which is great for them, but might be might be unfortunate for whoever that two seed they might face in the <laughs> in the quarterfinal could be. <laughs> who might that be? Um, oh, well, I mean, if all things shake out the way they they would, you know, the valley can take care of things in that prelim game against Oyster River. It looks like um, they would uh, the winner of that would head to head to Sohegan. Yeah. Um... Yeah, um, Oyster River ends up at ten. Um, uh, you know, by our calculations, um, you know they finished tied with Lebanon. Or well, first let's say um, Hanover. I don't know what they're doing. They didn't tie anybody uh, in the standings. Yeah. Uh, so you know they get the eight seed. That that was pretty easy to figure out. Um, yeah, there, there were very few that were like definites. <laughs> yeah, bucking the trend there a little bit. Um, so then you had Lebanon and, and Oyster River both at seven, six, and one tied. Um, didn't play each other. Again, goes to uh, a rating against tournament teams, which Lebanon's was was better. Uh, so they get the nine seed. So that's an interesting first round matchup: Lebanon at Hanover in an eight nine game. Um, you know, to start the playoffs. I mean, that's that, that doesn't get much uh, much more exciting, I think, for a first round playoff or for any playoff matchup than that. No, and I mean just the the regional aspect of it too. And I know the two schools are are you know neighboring rivals in a lot of things, and and field hockey certainly no yeah. different for them. So um, that eight nine matchup will be 
will be one to watch for sure. And they, I know they, Hanover Hanover seemed like they took it pretty handily with a 3-0 win over Leb right. in the in the regular season, but um, you know, I I think I think Lebanon might have a couple couple things up their sleeve and and I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think that game's a guarantee for for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and not that long ago, just uh just back on the 5th. So, you right. know, for little familiarity in there too not just with the fact that they're rivals uh, uh so that yeah that um drops oyster river to 10 like you said they're going to likely going to play merrimack valley in the opening round uh and you had another tie after that with goffstown and pembroke both at six seven and one uh and once again they didn't play each other so you use the the tournament rating which uh which goffstown gets uh by a hair uh, largely because of that tie they had against Hanover earlier this year. Um, right. So we've got them at the 11 seed going to play Derryfield, and then Pembroke at 12 going to play Hollis Brookline. Um, Bo uh, all alone in 13 at 13. So they get the uh, that seed and get the to take the trip up to Kennett. Um, not as bad, I think, for them. I mean, it's still still a haul, but they're a little yeah. bit closer there <laughs> in Bo right. than some others. Um, yeah, I think of anybody on the list, they would probably be the closest. Maybe Merrimack Valley gets them by the <laughs> ten mile difference. Yeah, but. Um, and then the then for that fourteenth and final spot, we've got a, an interesting uh, tiebreaker here because you know again you you go by you don't go by the records, you go by the rating. So whatever right. that rating number is, if it's the same, then that's a tie. So you've got Sanborn at three eight and three with a rating of one point two eight five seven. Kingswood at four nine and one, also one point two eight five seven rating. Right. So they're tied. Um, and in that tiebreaker, Sanborn gets the edge there uh, over Kingswood and and gets that fourteenth spot and a uh, an opportunity to go play uh, Portsmouth in the the opening round. Yeah, so, I mean, not a not a far trip for Sanborn. Uh, not super far for them to to head to Portsmouth. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the fact that there were ties seemingly like every other pairing, right. right? We had the tie for one, we had the tie for four, we had the tie for six, <laughs> we had a tie for nine, the tie for eleven, and the yeah, tie man. for fourteen is yeah. just so so big caveats here in D two with our predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, but I mean, I feel I feel pretty. I'm I'm I'll say I'm confident in those. If if though. If any of those end up being wrong, then um, then I would actually, I think I might be a little surprised. I, I think I, I got a good feel for it. I think. I agree. I think uh, <laughs> I think you nailed it. So obviously we talked about uh, Lebanon and Hanover being a big potential first round matchup there. Um, you know that that Bo Kennett one um, kind of stands out to me too, despite it's it being a, a thirteen at a four. I think Bo has played really well uh, at the end of the season here. And, yeah. um, you know, that's that's maybe a different game than it was. Um, it, let's see, did they play during the regular season? Uh, they did. It was at Kennett, and it was uh, a 3 nothing win for Kennett. Right, back on uh, September 27th. So it's been a couple of weeks um, since they played. And like we said, Bo is, has come on a little strong there um, since then. Um, you know, the other game that kind of, kind of intrigues me, too, is that Pembroke and Hollis-Brookline game. You know, two teams that I, I know Hollis was a playoff team, I believe, last year. Um, you know, Pembroke mm-hmm. getting back in there. Um, you know, that's good to see as well. 
but they didn't play each other during the regular season. Uh, no. So I'm, I'm a little curious as to how that one's going to go. Of course, you know, makes a big difference, I think, being at Hollis, where they're playing on the turf over there. Right. Uh, Pembroke, not a turf team. So, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. To yeah, watch. and I'm not sure, like, looking at Pembroke's schedule, um, I mean, they really haven't had, they've only had one game uh, at Portsmouth right, right. where they played on turf. The rest of it was was on grass. So I'll be interested to see how they counter um, the speed that Hollis, you know, can possess on turf. So I think it, I think like the Kennett bow game, I think the, the host school holds the, holds the advantage. Um, you know, the trip to Kennett isn't easy. Um, and, you know, Hollis's Hollis's turf with Pembroke's, you know, lack of experience, I think on the turf, um, at least in this regular season, might might play to their advantage. That's crazy to think about that they only played one game on turf all year. I yeah. just I feel like every other game, or or more often than not, two out of three games that I'm at um, is on turf. Yeah, more and more teams are are adding that, which is lovely to see. If I could <laughs> someday, I'll win the lottery and I'll buy everyone every, in D two turf. Every, you get market, a turf field. Mark it down. You get a <laughs> I'll turf be like, field. Oprah handing out turf fields <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like it's been a little bit different this year watching turf games, too. I just feel like, I mean, it does it does make things move a little bit faster, but I feel like the best games that I've seen this year have all been on turf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think so, too. It just, the, the strategy of it just completely, completely changes. And, you know, it allows, it allows players to be at their best. And then it, it also, you know, kind of exposes weakness i think a little bit more right right um you know you can't get away so much with the the smash and go um that you know teams that play on grass kind of traditionally adopt yeah uh all right well since i put you on the spot for for division one i will throw out there that uh that my game my pick of these first round games uh is goffstown dairy field that's uh that's where i'm looking to be at on wednesday uh assuming all of our uh, our calculations are right here and that is <laughs> that is actually the first round matchup. Yeah. Um, but that one, um, it was an interesting game in the regular season. I know at Dairyfield won five to two. Um, it was in a stretch for, for Goffstown where they had a bunch of games rescheduled. And not just that they'd had games rescheduled, but they were mostly grass games uh, with no chance to really practice on turf over that right. stretch. So they went from, you know, playing on the grass to going out on the turf for a couple of games. Um, and there were some goals that were scored in that game. It kind of almost snowballed on, on Goffstown a little bit. I think Derry's, Derryfield scored their first three goals in like three minutes, um, yeah. in, in a stretch of three minutes in the first and second quarter. Uh, one of them was, was a goal that I don't know if I'll ever see replicated. It was you know one of those ones that you kind of see in ice hockey where someone puts just kind of like a blistering centering pass like right in front of the goal. And it deflects perfectly in. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen that in field hockey before. Oh, love to see it when it does, though. As <laughs> I know, as I know. Not against, yeah. That's, I mean, that's just beautiful. But you it know, was, yeah, right? yeah. Teams uh, practice all the time. I'm sure just getting a stick in front because it doesn't take much. A simple redirection, um, it, you know, makes a world of difference. So, I think for Goffstown too, it'll be interesting. So their last three games, nope. Sorry, half of their last four games, two of their last games have been 
um, some, some turf games. So, you know, it, it's not like it's been a super long time since they've been on it and, and played a game, um, in it. So, um, I think, I think that one will be a, will be a really good one to, will be a really good one to watch. Yeah. Uh, so I've got, I've got vested interest in the other one, so I'll probably, (laughs) I'll probably be there. (laughs) That makes sense. Um, Yeah, and all those games um, again are, are uh, Wednesday. Uh, quarter, uh, D two prelims on Wednesday this week. Um, probably should mention the other matchups too, like we talked about uh, Merrimack and Oyster River, and then and then Portsmouth and Sanborn as well uh, in in the other quarterfinals and the, or excuse me the other prelims. Why do I keep doing that? Uh, quarterfinals though will be hosted by John Stark and Sauhegan on Saturday uh, against winners of those games and. Again, uh, don't really know any of the other matchups, of course, until they actually play. But uh, Higher Seed will be hosting all of those on Saturday. Yep. Nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. How about uh, how about Division Three? Um, no, no tiebreakers needed to figure out this number one seed. No, no. I mean, Guilford, Guilford got the job done. Um, you know, finished, finished their undefeated season, uh, pretty, pretty handily, I think, um, uh, with, you know, uh, scoring a lot of goals in their last two weeks. Um, that last game they had at St. Thomas though, just a one goal game in overtime um, too, in overtime. Yeah. So, so pretty interesting there. Maybe it was a good, you know, kind of wake up call for them to, to get things going. I mean, I don't know if they had stuff going on, but you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, we talk about it all the time. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to count. So, um, you know, Guilford finishing off and, and completing their undefeated season. So, you know, everything is kind of looking like it's theirs to lose in, in D2 or D3 right now. You know, and, and those two, I think we talked about um, last week, you know, they're, they're going into this, this week or the final week of the regular season, uh, maybe needing a couple games like that because they had, you know, their their games previous to that had been kind of one sided, um, you know, and they they get that win over Messinic two nothing, uh, and then again that overtime game. So I mean, even even though maybe it's not, you know, the top um, level of competition in that last game, it's still a game where they had to really, you know, dig deep to get a win there. Yeah, and facing a little bit of adversity right before right. you head into the tournament is, I think, always a good thing. Right. Um, you know, there's there once, once you know Tuesday rolls around for this division, the slates are wiped clean, and you know what you did in the regular season just doesn't matter anymore. You've right. got to win the next game in front of you. Uh, yes, and uh, Division Three, a little bit like Division One, with eleven teams getting in, five of them getting buys in the first round. Uh, and we, I think, for the last you know few weeks, we've kind of known who was going to get those five spots. Uh, just didn't know what order they were going to finish. Of course, it's Guilford at at number one. Uh, Newfound and Newport finished tied uh, at twelve and two for second. Uh, if uh, if the calculations are right, uh, Newfound would get the tiebreaker on uh, on rating against tournament teams because they did not play head to head. If I and I, if I counted right here, I had Newfound going nine and one against tournament teams uh, this year, which, um, I mean, that's a lot. Uh, they're, yeah. They're you know you you don't necessarily play um, all your games, especially in 
a division that's so spread out across the state. Um, you don't necessarily play quite as many teams in the in the tournament, but that one was uh, that kind of caught my eye. Yeah, I mean, Guilford was the only loss um, of that nine and one. They did drop their first game of the season to St. Thomas, yeah. but um, and that was a one goal game for them, you know, just a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, Newfound can definitely make things difficult for for Guilford, I think, as we progress in the tournament. You know, if it ends up being those two in the in the final, I think that's going to be a that's going to be a really great game. Right, right. Um, and then coming in fourth, you got Messinic at eleven and three, and then fifth is Conant at ten and four. Uh, those two will play each other um, in in kind of a what do you call it in the rubber match, I guess. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, in the, the quarterfinals. Um, you know, uh, Messinic won their first meeting at Messinic one nothing. Conant won the second meeting at Conant one nothing. So now they're going to play again uh, Friday in the quarterfinals at Messinic. Um, I, I would bet that, uh, chances are good. It's another one, nothing game. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's the one that we'd have to circle. I, for, for D three, at least for second round. I mean, they'll have the buy in the first round, but, right. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the one that counts, you know, not only is it the, the rubber match, as you said, but, um, <laughs> it's, you know, you're you're playing to continue playing. So yeah, um, that, that always kind of gets me too. It's like, yeah, you work, you, you got that by, um, but then if you're the losing team in that game, it, it, it's gotta be really frustrating. Cause then it almost feels like, I, I don't know. Does it feel like your season is, is a little bit more of a disappointment than, you know, you, you get in the playoffs and you get it, you get into the quarterfinals, but you don't do it playing a game. I, I don't know. It just feels kind of, it feels that way to me I, I obviously i'm not out there playing but um. yeah the buy i mean the buy the buy is nice um i think for a lot of reasons but if you end up in that kind of four or five which you know we've been at in years before and and it does it it makes the emotion of that game just absolutely turned up um because you've spent a week preparing right for just this one game um which isn't something we get to do in field hockey you know we're playing two three games a week sometimes so you know it's not football where you're just preparing for the friday night game or the saturday afternoon game um so to to be able to put that concentrated effort in for a whole week and then you know to risk coming up short is a is a scary thing so i think those four or five quarterfinal games are always a little um edgier yeah um so here we had a uh you know you're looking at the rest of the standings um in d3 uh you looked. It looked like uh, going by records, we might have had our our first uh, three team tie. But again, it's by uh, the rating. And Berlin had a win over Kennett earlier this year because that's up a division. They get an extra point uh, for that, so they actually finished right. sixth ahead of Bishop Brady and Stevens, who both tied for seventh. Uh, so Berlin six, uh, Bishop Brady gets the tiebreaker. Uh, over Stevens again on uh, actually I uh, I was about to say tournament rating but I they actually got that on um, quality wins uh, against tournament teams so basically you then you you know you take the teams that you beat that are in the tournament you figure out who they beat that's in the tournament and that's you base the rating off of that yeah um, so Bishop Brady looks like the seven seed Stevens the eight uh, Muscoma. Uh, that finished uh, seven, six, and one. They got the nine. They'll go play Stevens. Winnesquam came in tenth. They go play um, Bishop Brady. 
And then uh, White Mountains gets that 11 seed going to play uh, Berlin. Again, unofficially, uh, it's just our best guest as of right now. Um, but but those um, those look like some interesting um, opening round games for Tuesday. Yeah, I think that Stevens Mascoma one is yeah. is one to circle. They played, you know, just over uh, not this past week, but the week before. Um, it was at Mascoma. It was a two zero win for Mascoma, but Stevens has turned things up. You know, they're they're they had a stretch of four games that went you know a little tough for them. Um, but then pulled off a big win against Conant um, in the last game of the regular season, 2-1. So hopefully, you know, for them, they can ride that momentum into into this game with um, Messinic and or Mascoma, sorry, um, and and make it make it really interesting. Yeah, and 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 Mascoma's kind of on a you know they finished off their season on a, a bit of a tear too with. Uh... Mm-hmm. Four wins in their last uh, six games there, with the two losses being that 2-1 overtime loss to Winnesquam and then a 2-1 loss to uh, Lebanon in Division Two. And uh, Right, they, which, they, yeah. that win, the, you know, if they would have picked up that one against Leb, you know, just like the Berlin uh, Kennett win, you know, I think that might have seeded them a little bit. Yeah, I think that, that might have seeded uh, them at the eight instead of the nine. Actually, um, they, might have even pushed them yeah, up I think they would have jumped the up to right. up to seven, maybe. Yeah. Because um, they'd have been at eight, five, and one. That may have even put them over Berlin if they win that game. Yeah. Or so. the or they played Hanover too. They they um had a one nothing game against Hanover. I think the first game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it'll it'll make for. Like you said, a really a really interesting first round and some and some good matchups in all three divisions. Yeah, um, yeah. So the winners of those games again go to Guilford, who's one, Newfound two, Newport three, and then Conant Messinic play quarterfinals. Um, they start Tuesday. Division three starts Tuesday with their quarterfinals on Friday. Uh, D two was Wednesday, Saturday, and then D one, you got Thursday, Sunday. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts uh, on on these opening round uh, rounds of the tournament? I'm I am I am excited and like waiting with bated <laughs> breath. I think if it's we've had like this has been such a such a great regular season with yeah. so many so many twists and turns. Um, that you know now that we're wiping slates clean and anything can happen because we've literally seen anything happen this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I think you know next week when we chat about these first round games and and take a look at the, the semifinals, I would not be surprised if we see some surprises. Yeah, I I think that's going to be the case that there's there's going to be someone that 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 comes out of this that is in the semifinals that we're. Uh, maybe not we're we're surprised that they're there but that you know you definitely wouldn't have uh have written in pen uh, you know in your picks or whatever as right. uh, as being there um so and and that's you know that's always fun when there's a a, a good underdog story um you know going Yeah and um, recently we've had some pull it off you know very recently so I yeah. don't think this year will be an exception Yeah all right. Well, again, uh, w- disclaimer to go with this podcast. Again, if you've made it this far, um, 
you know, we, we are doing this before the NHIA has released its brackets. Um, that Those will be coming out hopefully sometime uh, late Monday morning. Um, so if you're listening to this before then, uh, thanks. And, uh, and hopefully we get all these right. If you're listening to it afterwards, please feel free to pull up the brackets and listen side by side to what we've got. And, and uh, don't hesitate to, uh, to, you know, tell me how, how wrong I am. I think that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for this week, and uh, and and Kelly, I'm already looking forward to to talking about these games again next week. Yeah, I think we're gonna have some exciting stuff to discuss. Yeah. All right. Well, she is uh, Sauhegan Field hockey coach and AD Kelly Braley. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh, enjoy your playoff games this week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>